0: I did wanna share uh, two quick things. Um, number one, in our prayer meeting downstairs, um, my good friend's, friend James got kind of a vision um, or a word from the Spirit, and it was this this weekend, like here in Ashland, it was kind of windy, and he said he just had a vision of a fresh wind coming in, and what wind does is it blows away old stuff, and, and it brings new life, and so we were praying that downstairs, that the Spirit would do that, that if there's old stuff that needs to be blown out, that the spirit would do that today, and that as the old goes out, that the the spirit would breathe new life as well. So I wanted to just speak that over our body and share that with you. Uh, It kind of seems like that's been a common theme. About three or four weeks ago, Karen had a vision in our prayer meeting of just a a, a wind hovering over this building, which was really cool. So I wanted to share that, and then the second thing as well... um, I was in a meeting this week with a guy I've only met once or twice before. He doesn't even really know me or know my story or what's happening with the church. Uh, But at the end of my time with him, I was praying over him, and he said that he... felt like the spirit put a word on his heart uh, for me and for the church, and it was expectation. And he said, um, the Lord wants to grow you and grow the church in what you even expect. And he said, so in this season, and this is why I wanna share this with you guys, he said, in this season, the Lord wants to do so much more in your church than, than you even expect, and I was like, dude, that's, that's mind-blowing, and then I shared with him, like, he already has, like, we just inherited this building and, like, all this stuff, and he was like, whoa, like, he was, like, blown away, and he's like, bro, like, there's more, like, expectation, and I was like, dude, I can't even, ex- I can't expect more, right, but that's what he said, so I wanted to share that word with you guys as well, that I, I believe the Lord's preparing us um, for, for a season of even greater expectation, and I want to challenge and encourage us, um, expect, like, that God wants to do greater things than than you believe he's even capable of. And when we have that expectation, the Lord shows up. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that has nothing to do with the teaching other than the Holy Spirit gave those words, which is really cool. So 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, look down, if you would, at verse 1. It says this. Now, the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, "'Your servant, my husband, is dead, "'and you know that your servant feared the Lord. "'But the creditor has come to take my two children "'to be his slaves.' "'And Elisha said to her, "'What shall I do for you? "'Tell me what you have in the house.' And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. So this woman comes to Elisha, who was a prophet at that time, uh, speaking forth the heart of God to his people. And this lady's like, My husband just died, and the creditors are here, and they're trying to collect a bunch of money that he owed. What am I supposed to do? And Elisha asks her an interesting question. He's like, Well, what do you have in your house? Like, you owe them a bunch of money. What do you have? And she's like, man, unfortunately, all we have is one jar of oil, which oil was a a very precious and expensive thing at that time. But even one jar of oil was not enough to to pay off all the creditors and to pay off all the debt that her husband have owed. And so it says then in verse 3, then he said, once she says, we only have one jar of oil, he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So since she only had one jar of oil, Elisha tells her something real interesting. He says, well, go and borrow a bunch of empty vessels or a bunch of empty jars from all your neighbors. And he tells her specifically, not too few, meaning get a lot. Now, that's a, that's a really weird thing to, to ask someone to do. You got one jar of oil, you're like, man, what am I gonna do? He's like, go get a bunch of empty jars, and she must be kind of confused, like, wait, why would I do that? But he told her, pour the oil from that one jar that's full into the empty jars, start setting them aside one at a time. Now, of course, this sounds crazy, because what should happen is you pour out one jar of oil, and it should be able to fill up just one jar of oil. But she went out and she collected a bunch of jars of oil. And look what happens in verse five. It says, she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they, her sons, brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And then he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. So what happens here is is something miraculous, something supernatural. She, number one, walked in obedience to this crazy thing Elisha told her to do, go get a bunch of empty jars of oil, but then as she began to pour this one jar of oil and fill up an empty jar, the, the jar filled up, and sure enough, the jar that she was pouring from didn't run out. And so her sons brought another jar and she kept pouring and then that empty jar filled up and they brought another jar and she keeps pouring and that jar fills up and so forth. All the jars that she had collected that were empty were supernaturally filled to the brim all from this one jar of oil that she had. Now, check this out. If she would have believed that her jar could only fill one other jar she would have went to her neighbor's house and just borrowed one jar but she believed what elisha had said that this jar was going to supernaturally provide for her needs, and it was going to fill the other ones. She went and borrowed many jars, and all of them were filled. It wasn't until her son said, there are no more vessels, there are no more empty jars. It wasn't until they ran out completely of empty space and empty jars that the oil stopped flowing In that moment, and she took all those jars which had been full of oil. She went and sold them, and she was able to pay off the debt and the creditors that she owed. And her and her sons were able to go free and live their lives from then forth. Now, the question that I want to address and speak into from this text today, and what I see in the text, is what I believe to be two of the main hindrances in our lives that keep us from number one, being filled with the Spirit all throughout the scriptures, oil is a symbol of the Spirit, two things that keep us and hinder us from being filled by the Spirit and used by the Spirit. And this is what I really felt the Spirit put on my heart to share with you guys this week. So the first one we see in the text, the first thing that I believe is the greatest hindrance from us being used by God's Spirit, filled by the Spirit, number one, we look at what we have rather than what God can do with what we have. Number one, I want to say that again. If you're a note taker, write it down. If you're a Twitter master, tweet it out. We look at what we have rather than what God can do with what we have. This is amazing. Although this woman had so little, she had one jar of oil, her faith that God was going to be able to provide, despite her lack, despite the fact that she had almost nothing, she believed that God was going to be able to provide. And that's what real faith is. It's trusting God's ability, not our own ability, it's it's trusting that God can fill us and God can use us and his spirit can do something supernatural that we can't do. And a lot of times the reality is this, we feel like this woman, we, we, we feel like this woman who says, man, I, I don't have that much to offer. I don't have that much to give. Zav, you've been talking for the last four weeks about being used by the Spirit and and seeing the Spirit move and and use us in our community and friends' life, and you're like, man, the reality is, that's nice, but I don't have that much to give. A lot of times, we feel like this woman who, I want to be used by the Spirit, I want to be filled with the Spirit, but we're like, "I, I just don't know how. I don't have that much to offer. I don't have a, a seminary degree or Bible college education or even a knowledge of the Bible. And so we feel like this woman, I don't have that much. And because we're looking at what we have and we feel incomplete and we feel uh, unprepared for what God's calling us to, we, we miss out. But I, I wonder how how often we miss out on what God wants to do and what his spirit is calling us to do simply because we're looking to ourselves We're looking to our own strength. We're looking at the little that we have rather than trusting that God wants to use us and God wants to fill us and do something supernatural despite the fact that we may feel unequipped or unprepared. I love the the, the parable of the talents. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30, there's a story that Jesus tells, a parable. And he says that this man was going away to his kingdom and he gave to three of his different servants each a different amount. He gave one five talents, which was, a a form of money, a currency. He gave to one two talents and to another one. And it says he traveled away to a far country and then after some time, he came back and he asked them what they did with the money that he had entrusted to them. To the one who he had given five talents to, the man said, yeah, I invested it, I, I used it, and I've doubled it. Uh, here's the return, I've doubled the money that you gave me. Likewise, the same thing happened with the man who was given two talents. He said, I invested it, I used it wisely, and and here's four talents in return. And it's interesting, the only person who, who didn't try and invest his money, the only person who did nothing with what he had been given was the person who had the least. The man who had one talent, the man who felt like he had not enough to do anything with, he actually went and buried it in the ground. He buried that one thing and the master comes back and says, well, what have you done? And he says, I didn't feel like I had enough to be able to do anything with and so I just buried it in the ground. And the reality is a lot of times this is, this is how we are sadly we're like this man with one talent. We're like the woman with one jar of oil who, who looks at the little that we have and because we say, man, I, I just don't feel equipped. I don't feel uh, uh, equipped enough to be used by the spirit or to, to go and pray over that person or to speak life into someone. I just don't feel like I have enough to be able to do that. We, we miss out, we bury our talents in the ground. And, and the reality is, I want to remind us not to forget what we see here in the story, such a beautiful picture, that God can do a lot with a little when we bring that little to him. This woman brings the one jar before Elisha, does as Elisha says, and and gathers a lot more jars, and we see the Lord multiplying this one jar of oil, miraculously filling who knows how many other jars that she had gathered and borrowed from all of her neighbors. And so I want to encourage us to stop looking at what you lack, stop looking at what you don't have, and, and start trusting that the Spirit Can multiply what you do have and and wants to use this small amount and and the small gifts and talents and the small words that he's given you. He wants to use those and multiply those in a way that that, that you can't even fully understand. So I want to encourage us and challenge us to really step out in, in faith like this woman this week and say, Is there a person? Again, that God's brought into your life. Is there a coworker, a family member, a friend who you feel God's just been calling you by his spirit? Hey, just share something simple with them or just invite them to church or just pray over them or just build a deeper relationship. But a lot of times we're scared because you're like, I I don't know that much about the spirit. I don't know that much about the Bible. I'm kind of new to this whole thing. And because we look at, I don't have a lot of knowledge. I, I don't know that much. We just simply do Nothing. But I wanna encourage us, take the little bit that you do know, take the little bit of, of the work that Spirit has been doing in you, the little things that he has been showing you and share that with other people. And, and you will see that God takes the little bit that you do know and by his Spirit multiplies it to, to bless and to reach other people. Maybe it's time before work. We all got busy schedules is the reality. And you go into work and you're like, man, I really wanna be used by God. I, I really wanna be a light in the workplace. But you're like, man, I, I don't really know how to do that. And a lot of the times the reality is we're, we're going in, starting our day, and that's the first thing we're doing. And we haven't spent time l- listening and waiting on the Spirit and ourselves being filled up by the Spirit before we go in. And you're like, man, I just, I just have so little time. Well, we'll, we'll create time. Make a little time, make a little space before you go into work to just wait on the Spirit, to to, to be in the Scripture, to be in prayer, to commune with God, and you'll see that the Lord takes that little bit of time that you invested in your personal relationship with Him and with the Holy Spirit, and He multiplies that, and He'll use that throughout the week. So I want to, again, just bring in that word that, uh, that that man shared with me this week, expectation. Expect that the Lord can take the little bit that you do have And that the Spirit can use that in a way that's far greater than you're even able to comprehend. This truly is one of the greatest things that hinders us from being used by the Spirit and experiencing the abundance of what He wants to do in our lives. We think, I have too little, whether it's knowledge or time or money or relationships. We look at the little that we have rather than trusting that God can and will and wants to multiply that to do something far greater than we can even understand. Amen? Amen. So this this is number one, one of the greatest hindrances that keeps us from being used by the Spirit, filled by the Spirit. The second one, though, that I think is most important, and we've been uh, we've been talking about this quite a bit, and I want to go into a little more depth this morning with you guys on it. But the second thing, which I actually believe is the number one reason that we are um, hindered from being used by the Spirit. And the number one reason, which is point number two, is simply this we don't create space to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to say that again. Number two, we don't create free space to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. Now, look at this story here. This woman here, she she had one jar with no space left in it. She had one jar full of oil. Elisha said, go get more and check it out. Every single jar she got that was a jar full of emptiness, empty space, all the empty space that she created as she poured forth the oil into those jars, the, the, the oil filled all of the empty space of every single jar. It wasn't until there was no space left at all that the oil stopped flowing. And although it would have seemed impossible for one jar to fill so many empty jars That's what the spirit does. The spirit supernaturally fills space that we would think he cannot fill. The amount of space that the woman created with the jars was the exact same amount of space that was filled by the oil from the jar that she already had. And this is the same in our lives. The same degree in equal proportion to the amount of space in your life Space you create, time you create to hear from the Holy Spirit, to wait on the Holy Spirit, to receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. The amount of time and space that you create, that is the exact amount that you will be filled and that you will experience that and that you'll be able to go out and give to others. The reality is this, at the moment of salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit, just like this woman had one jar of oil. But a lot of times, we just stop there. We just leave it at, I have the Holy Spirit, I have this jar of oil, but what we don't understand is that God wants to do something far greater than that. And and it's interesting because throughout the scriptures in the New Testament specifically, we've talked about this a little bit, the New Testament never commands us to be baptized by the Holy Spirit or to be sealed by the Holy Spirit or indwelled by the Holy Spirit. The Bible never commands that. Whenever the Bible in the New Testament talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, in the Greek language it's always in what's called the aorist tense. And what that means, the aorist tense, is a past completed work. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, regeneration of the Holy Spirit, that is a one-time done deal. It's a past completed work. In the original language, that's what that means. However, the scripture does command us in the New Testament to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see this. If you have your Bible, open up to Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to see how important this is. Ephesians chapter 5. It tells us this. Paul the Apostle, writing to the church of Ephesus, says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but, contrast, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's crazy. Keep this in mind. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit... We receive that. It's a one-time done deal at the moment of salvation. We also are completely filled at the moment of salvation. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But Paul actually commands believers here in Ephesians chapter 5 to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this command in the original language is not in the aorist tense which all other mentions are, baptism, regeneration, this command to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the Greek is what's called a present imperative. And a present imperative is a continual command. It could be translated, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, isn't that interesting? That that Paul actually commands us to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a continual command. Now, this doesn't mean that we get more of the Holy Spirit it doesn't mean that it's a greater work and some people don't get it. It simply means when he's talking about here being filled, a continual filling, what he's talking about, if we look at the contrast, he's talking about to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. He's talking about being influenced by the Holy Spirit because look at the contrast, what he says here. He says a negative command first. He says, do not be drunk with wine. And, and, and so the contrast here is don't be drunk with wine, but contrast, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what's he getting at here, the point he's making? Well, number one, when a person is under the influence of alcohol, if you're driving and, and, and you get pulled over and you've had too much to drink, you get a what? A DUI, driving under the influence you get pulled over, you get a ticket, you go to jail because you were driving under the influence. Alcohol has such an effect on a person that when it's drinking too much, it, it it influences us in such a way that it literally takes over. It takes control. And people under the influence of alcohol say things they normally wouldn't say, do things that they normally wouldn't do, make decisions that they normally wouldn't make. All of our decision making and mental ability is, is fogged. It's under the influence of alcohol. Likewise, he says, don't do that, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Likewise, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that is, when we create time, when we create space, when we make time to wait on the Spirit's presence and say, I, I want to hear from you. I want you to speak. I want to be filled. When we create that space for the Spirit to come and do a fresh filling, guess what happens? We, we, we come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, We're freshly influenced and freshly controlled by him in a new way so that the decisions that we make, the life that we live, our, our, our actions and our thought process, it's not that of our own, it's influenced by the Holy Spirit. In the same way that too much alcohol will completely take over the way a person lives and acts and behaves and thinks and makes decisions, the same thing is true with the Holy Spirit, but in a positive aspect. The Holy Spirit, when we are being filled with him continually, presently, it affects the way that we live. It affects the way that we think. It affects everything that we do. And that's why this is so important to get and to understand the command that Paul's saying here, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's telling us that because if we are being filled continually with the Holy Spirit, creating time, creating space to allow the Spirit to speak, to allow the Spirit to move, to allow him to do what he wants to do, it is gonna change your life and it's gonna change the lives of people around you because the Spirit His whole mission, which we've talked about weeks ago, is to reveal the person of Jesus to people, and when you are under the influence of the Spirit, when you're being filled with the Spirit, He uses you in a way that naturally you wouldn't use yourself. He He uses you in other people's lives, which is an amazing thing, so seeking to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit simply means being influenced by the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to influence you and and to take control. And the beauty of this is this is a moment-by-moment continual reality in our lives. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is is something that is a moment-by-moment, day-by-day reality where where I am aware of the Spirit's presence, where I am aware that he is, is there with me already. It's not that I'm receiving something I don't already have. It's simply acknowledging and recognizing that he already is there and, and being influenced by him in such a way that I allow him, the Holy Spirit, to lead and guide and dictate my lives and my decisions. And here's the beautiful thing about this as well. This command, be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not only in the present imperative, which is a continual command, it's something we should continue to be, continue to be filled with the Spirit. But this is also, in the Greek language, a plural. Be filled with the Holy Spirit is in the plural, which means this isn't just for a select few amount of people. This is a command for all of us. All of us should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's a beautiful thing because there is some, um, some danger in in this that some people have erred in and said oh you know there's kind of like this second filling and so there's like junior Christians who like were baptized in the Holy Spirit when they were saved but some people don't have the filling and so like I'm greater than you I have the filling you don't no this is in the plural it's for all of us it's something that happens in all of our lives we are freshly filled with the Holy Spirit when we create that space like this woman who, who only had one jar of oil creating a bunch of empty space the oil came and filled all of it and so I want to challenge us in this this truly is the greatest hindrance in our life the greatest thing that prevents us from being used by the spirit is simply this we don't create that space to hear from him we don't create that space for him to move we don't create that space for for, for him to come and influence us and, and shape us and really move in us in a tangible and powerful powerful way So I want to show you this as well real quick, just just so you get an idea of this, how, how we see this being filled with the Holy Spirit repeatedly. It happens actually in the book of Acts. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that happens at the moment of salvation. The sealing of the Holy Spirit, moment of salvation. Regeneration, giving us a new heart, moment of salvation. But being filled with the Spirit is something that happens day by day or as often as we create that space to be filled in, in, in a new way. And I'll just, I'll shout these verses out. I going not have to read every single word of them to you, but if you're a note taker, you can write them down. Acts chapter two, verse four, this was the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. At the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples there in the upper room, and one of those people who was there was the apostle Peter. I say that because check this out. Acts chapter four, verse eight Uh, I'll I'll read that one because it's important. So Acts chapter four, verse eight, check it out. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people, elders, then he goes on preaching this giant sermon. Peter already received the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost. He was baptized by the Holy Spirit. He was filled by the Holy Spirit. Two chapters later, he's about to preach a sermon and it says that he was filled by the Spirit as he began to do that. So it, it was a fresh filling it was the Spirit came and, and came upon him in a fresh way to be able to proclaim the message of God. Also, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. When the entire company gathered at Jerusalem heard that Peter what Peter had just proclaimed to the Sanhedrin leaders, it says that they all were again filled with the Holy Spirit. The people who had already received him, which is amazing. Acts chapter 7, verse 55. Stephen who was made a deacon in the early church because he was a man who was full of the Holy Spirit, as he was there being persecuted and as he was there ultimately being martyred for his faith, it says that he was filled by the Holy Spirit as he was then taken up into heaven. So he already had the Holy Spirit, but in his martyrdom, he was filled yet again, which is amazing. And then Acts chapter 9, Acts 11, Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas, that's kind of their primary ministry. Paul and Barnabas in all those chapters, really, Acts 9 through 13, you see that both of them are filled on multiple occasions with the Holy Spirit at widely different periods of time. So if you want to see that, just read through the book of Acts. You'll see people who did have the Holy Spirit were filled with it in a fresh way to be empowered to go out and do ministry. And so this is something which is important for us to understand. Number one, if you've received Jesus, you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. However, there are seasons of our life where we're not making room, we're not creating space, to hear from the Holy Spirit, to be influenced by the Holy Spirit, and as a result, our lives are not being used as effectively as God wants them to. We miss out on the fullness of what God's Spirit wants to do in us and through us when we don't create that space to hear from him, when we don't create that space for him to move, for him to speak, and so being filled with the Holy Spirit, it happens continually in our lives as we continue to to make ourselves and yield ourselves to him and to his influence and to his control. And so I simply wanted to just end with this question for us. How much time in your life, how much space in your life, I'm talking about in your day-to-day life, day-to-day routine, how much time and space do you create to just wait on the Holy Spirit and to just hear from the Holy Spirit? and just receive a a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And again, the exact proportion, the exact amount of space and time that we create to hear from him and be filled with him is the exact amount that we will receive. He who creates little will receive little. He who creates much and waits much will receive much. And this is something that as a church, I really believe the Spirit is calling us to grow in. He's calling us into a season of learning to just be still, learning to wait on him, learning to hear him. That's why we've been practicing that on Sunday morning. This isn't something that should happen just on Sunday morning, though. This is something that should be a part of our everyday life, that we wait on the Spirit and hear from the Spirit and are filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we want to be used by him and if we want to be filled by him, we we have to create that space for him to do what he wants to do. We have to be like this woman who realized, although I maybe don't have that much, I got one jar of oil, although I might not have that much time, you might say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create some. I'm gonna create some space. I'm gonna create some empty space for the spirit to come and do what he wants to do. And the reality is a lot of times we feel like the woman. We feel like we don't have much. I don't have that much time. I don't have that much space. So, so how can I do that? Well, the reality is we do have a lot more time and we can create a lot more space if we push other things that maybe aren't as important out of our schedule, out of our routine. How about this? And this is me too. I'm in the boat with y'all. Rather than laying in your bed and scrolling through Instagram for 30 minutes, push that aside and, and, and make the morning then a time where you hear from the spirit. You wait on the spirit. How about this? Don't, don't tell me you don't have the time. How about Netflix, right? Like we're all binging on that, okay? Okay. So don't be like, oh, I got no time to hear from the Spirit to wait on God. Yeah, you do. You just watched five episodes of The Office back to back. That's me, at least. I don't know. So like, the, the reality is a lot of us, we feel like, I, don't do, I, I can't do this because I don't have that time. You have to create it. You have to make it happen. The woman only had one jar of oil, but she actually had to do something to get the other jars to make that empty space. And I understand in the culture that we're living in, we don't have much empty space. And the reason we don't is because we're filling it with all these other things. And so if you want to be filled with the spirit and empowered and used by the spirit, you have to create that space you actually have to do something. You actually have to proactively make a decision to say, you know what? I'm gonna force these things for now out of my life or push them aside to later so I can create that time and space to hear from the Spirit and to be filled with the Spirit and to be used by the Holy Spirit. And I think that that is so important for us because we're living in a generation where boredom isn't even a thing. Like kids growing up today will not even know what it means to be bored because at the first moment of boredom, you just get out your phone and you're just like sucked into it. But when we do that, we're missing out on really free space. We're missing out on creating space to to really hear from God. And so I wanna challenge you guys to do that. I wanna challenge us as a church to be a church who makes room and creates space for the Holy Spirit to speak and for the Holy Spirit to move. And the beauty of this is this passage, even as I was studying it this week, just became so real for me because the reality is I, after Easter, was on like an Easter like detox, I was like dead, like if you work in a church, the week of Easter is like the worst week of your life because there's so much going on, so after Easter, I like went over to the coast and surfed for a couple days, which was amazing, but then taking two days off back to back, I come back, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's way much, there's way too much to do, so then I start doing all this stuff, and the reality is like this week, studying for this like really got pushed back because of how many things I had going on, and the reality is I was like stressed and out, I was like, oh, like I don't have as much time as I normally would like to prepare for a sermon, I don't have as much time to study and to get into it, and the cool thing is, the Spirit actually spoke through that, because in that moment, I was like stressing and worried about like, oh, I don't have as much time as I normally would like to do something like this, and the Spirit showed me like, hey, Zev, you're actually that woman, right? You're that woman who doesn't have enough, you're that woman who has one jar of oil and is thinking, how am I going to pay all my debt? He's like, that's you. And he's like, but the beauty is this when you recognize that, when you recognize in your own strength you don't have it, when you recognize, as I did this week, I don't have the time that I need, guess what? The Spirit comes and he says, if you'll give that to me, if you'll create that space to just wait on me, when you think you should be doing all these things, you should just be waiting. He says, I'll fill the empty vessels, I'll fill that empty space. And that's what he spoke over me, and it was so real because I was just so stressed and like, oh my gosh, I'm just not as ready as I normally would like to be. And he says, Zev, It's not about you. He said, do you believe that with this small amount of time that you do have this week, that I can fill the empty vessels who I bring to church on Sunday? And it was so powerful and it was so real. He spoke that over me. He said, I'm gonna do it. And so that's what I believe today the Spirit wants to do. I believe today he wants to bring a fresh filling to us empty vessels in this place. And as much space as we create in this time to hear from him, to wait on him, to be filled with him, he wants to do that. He wants to empower you. He wants to fill you in in a fresh and new and tangible way. And so I just wanna just encourage us today as we're about to enter into a time of worship, if you need to not worship, and just, and just sit and just wait again and listen, if you need to go to your knees, if you need to get to a corner of the room to just create some space physically to be by yourself and to hear from the Spirit, we're, I wanna encourage you guys to do that because I really believe that that's what the Spirit wants to do today. I believe that he wants to fill the empty space that we create for him. And so I'm gonna call the worship band up. And as they're coming up here, I'm gonna pray. And then we're gonna just enter into a time of worship. And again, just waiting and and hearing what the spirit would continue to do individually in you. So Jesus, we thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for just this this powerful story, which was so real for me this week. And I didn't even realize that I was that woman. I was stressing out about the little that I had and feeling like I didn't have enough. And yet, thank you, Jesus, that you're so faithful. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you multiplied the, the time that I had, that you, you, you filled me uh, in the midst of me feeling empty and not having enough to give. And I pray that you would do that now, God. I pray for every individual here that you would fill the void in their heart. You would fill the emptiness in their heart. That, that you would teach us to wait on you. You would teach us to listen. You would teach us to create space for you to come and fill. And Jesus, I, I want more of that for me. And I want more of that for us, your body. I want us to be a people who is, is filled with the spirit. And, and that we would see that feeling overflowing in our day-to-day lives, that it would impact our relationships with our family, that it would impact our relationships with our coworkers, that it would impact our relationships with our fellow students. Spirit, would you fill us to the point of overflowing so that we can see you continue to move here in Ashland and here in the Rogue Valley. So God, teach us to be a people who waits, teach us to be a people who, who creates that space, who creates that time. And I believe that you want to fill people today. You want to fill them in a tangible way. And so I ask you to do that. I ask you to just bring a fresh filling of your peace, of your love, of your joy, of your comfort, of whatever it is that every individual here needs. Would you fill that today? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Real quick, one word which was heavily put on someone's heart by the spirit in that time um, was John 7, verse 37 through 39. I just want to read it. It says, uh, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So I just want to uh, proclaim over us that the spirit, uh, the torrents of living water that we have of the spirit would just run through us this week. And as we go out into the community, the spirit would again, as rivers of living water overflow in us and fill us to be used for his glory and his kingdom. In Jesus name, amen. amen. We love you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.